Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur with your host, Steve Kidd, third-generation minister and 30-year business coach. Listen in as amazing, world-changing authors, speakers, and coaches share their struggles and victories, and hear from best-selling authors' insight into how you, too, can live your life as a thriving entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur. I'm so grateful to have you here with us. I am so thankful for you. Thank you for this time that we get to spend together to be able to uplift one another, to bring some really great guests, or in this case, guests, to you to help you be able to live a better life and have a powerful, exciting, growing business. I really, truly do hope that today finds you happy, healthy, well-loved, warm, and that even with all the crazy that's going on out in our world right now, that you know that you are doing well. I think so much about that these days, about just, can my soul prosper? You know, I mean, it's great when the outside of us prospers as well, but really deep inside, can my soul prosper? We're going to be talking in this episode about money um, and about some really great things that you should be doing as a business to both have access to money as well as, um, you know, to better control the flow of your money. Um, And so I look forward to bringing that to you. But keep in mind that, uh, you know, energy goes where energy flows or energy flows where energy goes, I guess is really actually how that saying goes. Um, You know, and whatever you focus on grows. So if you have a mindset of abundance, if you have a, and I gotta stop there, because sometimes I get held up on that word abundance, a mindset of abundance. This is not some kind of magical thinking thing where you just sit around on your couch waiting for God to plop a bag of money on you. Having an abundance mindset is knowing that the world was put together to serve you and then being in a place to receive that, which most of the time means getting out there and working. That's how we, that's how money comes almost all the time into our lives is because we get out there and we get some work done and we get paid and hopefully over time better and better for that. Um, So we really need to understand that it all begins in our mind. That if we feel broken, impoverished in our mind, there's no amount of money that can be given to you that'll make you feel different. And if you feel rich at heart, there's no hard time that can make you feel like you're truly poor. You see, you can't give diamonds to beggars and you can't take diamonds from kings. What do I mean by that? I mean that simply, when we are broke inside, it always tends to manifest itself, and it will eventually, in one way or another, manifest itself on the exterior. When we are rich in our spirit, in the core, the heart, and the soul of who we are, then, regardless of 
the dollars and cents that happen to be in the bank at any given day, we are rich. And that wealth extends way beyond all of the things that you can ask, think, or even imagine. It's a great place to live in. Um, you know, especially if you've been on both sides of the equation. I, I've shared before, I don't know how much of it I've shared, so I'm gonna go into it a little bit. Um, my mom always says whenever she's listening to Facebook Lives or the show that it's interesting to hear my perspective on things growing up. You see, the thing about it is, is that I didn't know until we were an adult that we were actually poor, until we were in a, until I was an adult. In fact, I was in my 40s before I really had a clear understanding of how well we were doing and how horribly we were doing all at the same time. As a pastor's kid, you know, most churches, it's not always the case, but most churches, the house that they put their pastor up in is a very nice house. It's in a nice middle to upper middle income neighborhood, typically, sometimes even in an upper income neighborhood. Um, and like I said, it's a nice house. And often, uh, you know, the materials are provided to you most of the time provided to you so that if it's a big yard you have a riding lawnmower to keep it mowed and and those kind of things and you get used to having the great big parking lot I mean I was so blessed I got to learn how to drive in a parking lot that was you know my house basically let's face it as a pastor's kid we really see the entirety of the church property for, you know, and most of the houses are right there with or next to the church. We kind of consider the whole thing our house all week long, and then we sometimes are good at sharing it with the other people during the course of the week. But I didn't understand uh, the financial burden that was on my parents all of those years. Um, I knew the amounts, I think, you know, going into high school and, and just after I left home, that my mom was dealing with when it came to grocery budgets and stuff like that. And, um, you know, because I was a broke college kid, uh, you know, even that sounded like, well, yeah, I, I can do that. And, you know, yes, I could brag to you about the fact that, you know, I can, I can take very, very good care of myself on very, very little money. Um, and uh, most of the things that I spend my money on these days, uh, well, other than I just love giving to people. But, you know, in my own life, most of the things that I spend my money on these days are, you know, because I've up-leveled myself to the point where I don't live in the absolute cheapest place in the whole entire world I could live. I think I've probably lived in exactly that house. Um, yeah, we won't go into that because that wasn't the point. But... Uh, you know, some of you know exactly what I mean about that house, right? Um, you know, but I didn't get it. I didn't understand. And so I took that into my adulthood and I lived in that wrong money mindset. And really, you see, and it's misquoted from the Bible so often because we always hear the love of money is the root of all evil. Um, you know, and, and most of the time we don't even hear the love of money part. We just hear money is the root of all evil. You know, only, you know, rich people are all evil. Money is a tool. 
money is an inanimate object that just sits there and does absolutely nothing to no one, has no will, no wants, no desires, no intent, evil or good, until it's placed into the hands of a person. The evil that comes from it is the evil in the hearts of men. And unfortunately, way more than the shadow knows what evil lies in the hearts of men. It's shown by the things that we do use our money for. And if you're a good person, you're going to do more good in the world. And if you're a bad person, you're going to do more bad in the world. It's just kind of how it works. It doesn't necessarily always feel fair because we see evil people uh, you know, being rewarded and living lavishly, and we see really great people living in a less than circumstances by our judgment. What we don't see is the misery that is that person that's wealthy, but every morning when they look in the mirror, regardless of how, what face they put out front and everybody else, when they look in the mirror, they don't like the person they see, they loathe that person. Conversely, people who are on uh, intended hunger strikes, like Mahatma Gandhi was, people who spend their whole lives out in the mission field helping people like Sister Teresa, people you would never know how well they're doing because the things they do in this world, though amazing, they don't really blow a trumpet and let you know. They just do it behind the scenes. On every side of the equation, from rich to poor, there are people who are a blessing and who are going through life being a blessing and using money as a tool for good. And that's all it is. Now we just need to, especially as thriving entrepreneurs, we need to really truly understand some tips, some tricks, some secrets, and the system that is money so that we can powerfully I love that word. I love that clarity is powerful. So that we can powerfully know what to do, make great choices, and make the impact in this world that only we can make. There is so much good you're going to do out there, and some of those things do require money. And when you begin to understand the system behind the money, you can then be in a place where the money can come into your life. Often, as I said earlier, we want to manifest money into our life. And I'm a big, you know, I'm a big uh, proponent of things like the secret and manifesting and you know, what you put out there in the world is exactly what you're going to come back to you. And, uh, you know, praying and calling out for the things that are yours to manifest themselves in your life. I'm big on that stuff. I love that. But just sitting on the couch all day long, waiting for that to manifest, waiting for that person to show up with the bag of money to your front door, or that person to knock on your door, say, hi, I'm your dream job. I know you're absolutely perfectly the person that I've been looking for my whole entire life. Here is a giant salary, plus bonuses, plus profit sharing from the company. 
please, oh please, 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 come to work for me. Wouldn't that be nice if that happened, but let's be real. That's not how life works. We learn skills, we develop them, we hone them. We work jobs that are beneath us often because of the skills we're learning from it. Because, you know, we're working a job like answering the phones at a Domino's Pizza and having to have to deal with people who, let's face it, sometimes they're not in a great place. Maybe they're hangry, or maybe the person who delivered their pizza really screwed up. Both happen. And they take it out, both barrels, full throttle, all on you. But you learn the skill. I know, I, I honed that skill in customer service to the point where, honestly, I got to the point where I was horrible at customer service because I let it get too much to me. And I had to reboot myself. We get there, we all have those moments, no judgment. But I honed that skill in those worst of jobs. Understanding that some people want solutions and then finding the elegant solution to make them feel as though what they need to have happen has happened. You can't always give them exactly what they want, but you can find elegant solutions to do so. The thing that you also have to understand is that sometimes we just need to vent. We just need to take out what we're feeling and have the person on the other end of the phone really, truly understand and hear us. We just need to be heard. And we hone those skills and we become better at it. And we grow and we develop and we look back at our lives and we're like, oh, that's what that moment was for. We hear the wind blowing through us as little trees and we hear ourselves say back to our now grown self, wait, I'm going to show you something. Yeah, now you're going to look up that book, aren't you? I love you guys. You're so amazing. I'm so excited to bring you today some tips to help you up-level yourself as a thriving entrepreneur to really manage, handle, get it done with your money in a powerful way that you'll walk away from this show with some really legitimate, great tips to be able to really succeed in that thing that you're meant to do. And I honor you for that because the world so needs you and you do it so well. Thank you for you. Thank you for all you're going to do. And thank you for coming with me today on this journey as we all come together to discover how to be a thriving entrepreneur. We'll be right back. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business? Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. It's not for your ego. It is because 
it serves other people. Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to wehelpyouthrive.com, check us out, and find out how you can be a best-selling author today. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. I really value you. I appreciate you being here while we explore together some great ways to really make exciting use of and powerfully be empowered with our money. Let's jump right into it. So be honest, how many of us are, uh, you know, we just don't understand credit. We know we need it, but it seems like whenever we do need it, we can't get it. And then when we don't need it, they're throwing money at us. Is not how it feels anyway. Yeah, so to help us with that, I'm joined with Stephen Wibble. He is here. Um, he's a business credit expert, and he's here to kind of try to shine some light on some things for us. Thanks for joining us, Stephen. Oh, Steve, it's my pleasure. You can call me Steve. Okay, Steve, even better. All right, so um, tell us a little bit, first of all, about your background. Uh, well, I, I came from the manufacturing background. I, uh, I was raised in the print manufacturing world. My father was in it and his father was in it. Uh, and I built a successful printing company and sold it years ago and jumped into real estate. And I utilized what I learned in the printing world about getting credit from vendors because in that world, in manufacturing, obviously you need credit, right? Because you're generating something uh, and typically your clients want terms, anything from net 30, 60, 90. So you had to make sure you generate enough credit to be able to support that. Uh, so I took that and used that same information in real estate and was able to scale really quickly uh, to over 300 properties in the first couple of years. So when the crash happened, um, I ended up moving to Florida and staying in real estate because that's what I knew. And I met this company, this credit suite, who was teaching what I instinctively knew, although at a much higher level. Uh, they knew it at a much higher level. And uh, I, I couldn't wait to come work here. I'd never had a job in my life. I've always been self-employed other than the Marine Corps and, um, and my father. So I came over, interviewed. They naturally turned me down. Uh, <laughs> And then they came back and, and asked me to come work for them a month later. I couldn't wait to be able to help people understand because 95% of the business owners I talk to have no idea that this exists. Just none. We're, it's so ingrained uh, in, in our brains that we need to personally sign for everything. This is the way we were raised. You see a credit application with a blank social security number on it, we naturally fill it in, right? Oh, yeah. So, so when I saw this opportunity, I said, you know, I have to be involved. I love the idea of teaching people how to leverage their business credit so they can scale and grow and hire people and, you know, help our economy boom. Now, obviously that's not happening right now, but that's going to change. So your business having credit, which you're right, most of us don't understand. Um, you know, I mean, if you go out and get an EIN number today and you put that on the application, it would come back as no information, right? Well, actually, it's against federal law to put anything uh, in the Social Security space on a credit application. So what we teach our business owners to do is just submit the application with nothing in there. 
and say, I want you to run my business credit. All business credit is reported based on your name and address. When I say your name, the business name. Uh, so they can easily find your EIN number. But yeah, most people have no idea that that actually has its own profile. Just like the government looks at a business as a separate entity, so do creditors. Although they don't want to tell you about it. To them, it's in their best interest to have you personally signed because now they've got the business and you personally on the hook. All large businesses know how this works, but most very few small business owners know. Like I said, over 90% are just completely unaware that they can get credit. And it's everything from vehicle financing, visas and MasterCards, uh, credit with Amazon and, and, and Apple, and you name it. If you have day-to-day -day daily expenses in your business, you can get credit to buy those items. Okay, so you need to have an EIN number. Correct. Um, what if you have no employees? Doesn't matter. Doesn't All matter. Right. If, you, if you open your business tomorrow, tomorrow, within five to six months, I can show you how to build between fifty dollars and $90,000 in real usable credit. Wow. What if, um, and that doesn't matter even if, you know, your credit is horrendous? Does not matter. They don't credit. check. Nope, they don't check. Again, we have to, to take a step back and look at it as the government looks at it. Your business is its own person, right? Separate yourself from it, which is what we're trying to help you do. Uh, we we want to protect your personal credit by letting the business fund itself. Right now, obviously, look, anybody who's started a business knows that we usually kick in our own money and that's how it works. The difference is as the business grows, it's going to consume more, right? Naturally, and, and I like to put it this way, Steve, uh, as an individual, you and I, if we drive a lot, may spend a couple hundred dollars a month on gas, right? Right. But imagine what a truck driver, an over-the-road truck driver, consumes in fuel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can tell you it's between five and 10000 per truck per month. Right. So if you tried to personally use your personal credit to fund that, you would be maxed out in the first 30 days for a typical American, right? But I see regularly truck drivers getting $50,000 in credit from fuel companies. Wow. That's the difference. So if your business isn't brand new, but you've never had employees, so you've never gotten an EIN number, you know, you've just always been filing uh, as a sole proprietorship. Um, is it still going to take you then five to six months or as soon as you got that number, since you said it's really more based off of the company name and address. Um, I don't know. Maybe I guess the question I'm asking is, is how would you find out what your company's credit looks like right now? Okay. Uh, you, you, you were asking two separate things, Steve. So let me, let me deal with the first one because it's really important. You brought up a point that I don't even talk about very often because I don't think about it, but it's, it's a great point. If you're a sole proprietor, you're not going to build business credit. Sole proprietor is basically you, so you are the credit, right? So it's always going to be personally guaranteed because the sole proprietorship is not its own entity like an, like an LLC would be or a C-Corp or an S-Corp. It is strictly, it's all passed through straight to you. So if you want to build business credit, you're going to need to have at least an LLC at a minimum. Okay. And, and elect to be a an S corporation inside that LLC or to, you know, to file your taxes that way. Um, now, question two was, how do you check? 
That's pretty easy. Um, you can go to creditsuite.com forward slash reports, R-E-P-O-R-T-S. And if you scroll down, you're gonna see a link to DMB, Experian, and Equifax. You can click on those links, type in your name, your business name and the state you're in, and it'll pull up your info and it'll say with trade lines if you have trade lines reporting. If you have nothing reporting, bad news, Steve. Business credit is different than personal credit. If you have no credit personally, you're going to get no beacon score, right? No FICO. Or a lot of times I'll see people with high credit scores um, because they have one small, maybe $300 secure credit card. But in the business world, they actually give you a failing score. They actually report that you are within 12 months of filing bankruptcy or that you look that way to them. And they, they know that they, they share that you're considered high risk to give money to. So not having a business credit profile actually hurts your business. If you don't have anything reporting, it looks, but what's great about business credit, it's not like personal credit. It grows quickly. And even one trade line can take your score from a 28 up to a 78, which would be passing. So the numbers are completely different too. So you're going to need to know what your number yes. means when you get this as well. Exactly. It's, um, it's really interesting. Uh, Experian actually recommends you for a credit limit right on the credit report. Do you imagine? You pull your credit report, it says recommended for 1,000, 5,000, 10,000, a million, whatever the number is. And what's great is it grows. As you're adding more and more people reporting on your credit report, they keep increasing what they recommend you for. That's how I know between 50 and 90,000 because I know the tiers. I know what happens. Your first credit lines are typically going to be around $1,000. Your second tier is going to be 2,500 to 5,000. Third tier, 7,500 to 12,000. And it's just, it just scales. So it is completely different than what we're used to as individuals with our FICO score. So just to make sure people know where to go, they're going Cre to creditsuite.com forward slash reports. Correct. To check their credit. Yeah, and then you scroll down, there's four boxes on that page. Um, if I heard you correctly, it sounds like maybe Experian is, for somebody that has no experience, is a good place to start. Actually, where I would have people check first would be Dun & Bradstreet. Uh, okay. Most people don't know that Dun & Bradstreet is required to give you your Dun's number by law. So what happens okay. is when people apply for it, Dun & Bradstreet has an amazing telemarketing team. They will call you and try and convince you the sky is falling if you don't pay them. Yeah, they'll start at 1900 work their way down to 1200 and then it's 400 when it's all said and done. And you don't need any of that. Uh, they're required to give you the number. So you can go to dnb.com and apply for your number or just call their 1-800 number. But they're required to give it to you. And typically, you'll get it within 30 days. And you need that number. It's important. Experian. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, so when you click on that link, it takes you to another page and you just put in your company name here and hit the search. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Um, now I would suggest you click on the little button that says other company. Cause if you put my company, the sales pitch starts. Mm, okay. <laughs> so, so now they know that you're looking. So put other company and just search your company and you'll see whether you have trade lines reporting or if they even know who you are at all. So if they don't, you absolutely need to get your free DUNS number. Again, I'm going to emphasize that it is free. You do not have to pay for that. So don't. 
Very interesting. So I'm looking forward to uh, to looking at some of these things. It'd be it'd almost be fun to have this be like a two hour conversation and go through it all live. But um, yeah. yeah, you know what's crazy? We've actually our CEO has actually pulled people's business credit reports right while he was on air with them, and he didn't share the info because he didn't you know want to put them in, you know embarrass them. But I see it all the time. I'm amazed at companies that are 10, 15 years old have nothing reporting. And no matter how strong that company is financially, when a lender sees that, these credit reporting agencies are reporting that you are high risk and that you are financially unstable. Doesn't matter how strong you are. And what frustrates us here is that nobody talks about it. Nobody talks about how important that is. And I'll give you a real quick example of, of a client I had that owned a, a great little business, real profitable. He had great personal credit. He applied for an SBA Express, was denied $50,000 SBA. That's all he wanted. Went through our program, generated enough trade lines reporting. He went back and got an automated $100,000 approval. And nothing had changed with him personally or the business other than the trade lines reporting, other than having a good business credit score. Now, why don't they share that? It's, it's even worse. The loan officer had no idea how he got approved. The underwriters know. They don't even share it with the loan officers. So I am doing a little bit of this behind the scenes while you're giving people the great information. So I did fill out our company name. Um, it popped up and it showed several different companies and I chose our company, which was on the list. Um, and the next page I get to wants me to give them 140 bucks just to see a report. You don't need that. I'll tell you where you can go. If you go to, we have something called NAV integrated with us. And for, I think it's $24 a month, our company does it as a pass-through. You can see both your Experian and your Dun & Bradstreet for $24 a month. Experian charges 50, Dun & Bradstreet charges 150. Our system will give it to you for $24. And so, you have more go, than what? so I'm going back to your website and filling out information, is that where I want to do that at? Or Yeah, um, what I would do, get your business credit reports, discover more, I believe is the link on there. No, that's a, oops, that's a YouTube channel. Hold on, let me see. I believe you can get your, uh, what I would do is have them fill out the free consultation that's okay. on there, and then our team can show them how to get their NAV report. All right, I just, you know, since you're saying don't spend any money, I'm trying to help people not end up then going, oh, okay, well, I'll just spend 150 bucks. You know? No, no, please don't spend that $150. Um, as a matter of fact, if they even just want to go to our homepage, we, they can download a free four-step business credit building guide. They just put their name and email in and just get their free guide. Nobody's going to bother you. Uh, you're just going to get a lot of great information. You know what else I love about this company, Steve? I, I mean, truly love about this company. If you ever went to our YouTube channel, we have 4,000 videos. We help everybody. Whether you work with us or not, we're gonna help you get out of the gate the right way. Our consultations aren't about selling. They're about giving real value. Uh, and I'll give you an example. Uh, I think we talked about this. Uh, the email address that business owners use is super important because business credit, uh, when you apply for business credit, 50% of credit applications for business are fraudulent. So lenders and creditors had to come up with a way to, to, to filter all these fraudulent applications out without having all those man hours, right? So they created these algorithms and they look for certain key fundability factors. And unfortunately, they catch a lot of legitimate businesses in that same net. 
So one of the things they're looking for is your email address. If you have a Gmail, Yahoo, AOL, Hotmail, something like anything that's free, you're going to get an automatic denial and not know why. They won't tell you. What they're looking for is something like us, info at creditsuite.com. So info at yourbusinessname.com or your URL.com. And if you're a big fan of Gmail, which I am, uh, just go get the G Suite version, which is the professional version. I think it's $10. Yeah, absolutely. So that's, so that's one item out of 215 that they look for. So fill out the form, but make sure that you don't use your Gmail address, even if your no, no. regular email address <laughs> goes to your Gmail address. Okay, I got gotcha. you. <laughs> with, with, with us, it's fine, but I'm talking about on credit applications. Uh, yeah. It's funny you say, it's funny you say because I have people, I'll say, well, you're ready to get started? Yeah, I don't want you to use my email address. Use a different one. <laughs> no, it's with us, it's no, with us, it's no big deal. We're just communicating with you. But when talking about filling out a credit application, remember, it's artificial intelligence that's making that decision. And everybody who's listening right now has had this happen to them. You've applied for a credit card online and you've either got that instant you're approved or you've gotten the pop-up that we all don't want to see, right? We'll be in touch in the next 30 days. Mm. Well, nobody <laughs> saw, nobody looked at your credit app. Artificial intelligence made that decision. Yeah. Well, same well, thing happens. We all know that we're going to talk to you in 30 days means that you didn't get approved. <laughs> yeah, you're getting a letter saying you've been turned down. Right. Well, same thing happens in business credit, but they're not looking at credit scores. What they're, well, they are at some point, but not early, not in the beginning. What they're looking at is your fundability factors, things like your email, things like your address. If you use a PO box for your address on a credit application, don't even fill it out. You're going to be denied. You're going to be denied 100% of the time. You're going to be denied. If you have a phone number that is a cell phone, that is your business phone number, you are going to be denied. Um, so then the question is, what's the solution? Right? What, what, what do you do about your cell phone? Because let's face it, we're all attached to our cell phones. So you can do something uh, similar to a Google number. Most people out here are going to be familiar with Google and their Google phone, right? right. Uh, th that is, I like to say this, that is the right street. That is the wrong direction. They, it's a voice okay. over IP, but it's Google's property. You have no claim to that number other than you're using it. In order for it to be your number and be listed with the National 401 database, you have to pay for it. So you have to go to a company like Ring Central or Grasshopper or one of those other voice over IPs. Okay. All right. And then you have it forward to yourself. But that's not the end. Then you have to be listed with that database. And those of you in the audience that are as old as me remember picking up the phone and dialing 411 to get Joe's Pizza up the street. Mm -hmm. Well, <laughs> that database still exists. And that's the, one of the first places they check to see if you're legitimately in business. If you're not listed, they consider they're, they're concerned that it's fraud. They're not saying you're fraudulent, but, and I like to turn it around when I talk to people and they want to argue with me about this. And I argue, but they want to have a lively discussion. I say, okay, I want to borrow 10,000 from you. And I'm going to give you my email. It's going to say, I'm never going to pay you back at yahoo.com. My address is a PO box and my phone number is a throwaway cell phone. How comfortable are you giving me credit? Oh yeah, I get you. <laughs> right. <laughs> So you have to think in terms of what does the lender see? And that's why this is important. And this is just a small smidgen. And I'm going to guess your audience, the business owners that are out there that have heard this, 90 plus percent just failed those first three steps. Yeah, I did. I mean, yeah. I actually do have my own email address, but I, I, I think I failed the other two. 
Oh, and, and that's normal. Listen, I still have a Google phone number for my real estate business. I love it. <laughs> but I don't apply for credit with that. I never put that phone number down. Ever. Okay, so you can have a marketing phone number, but your business phone number that a lender is going to look at needs to be a professional phone number, a professional email, um, a professional address. And when I say professional address, you can use your home. Uh, when we grade things, I, addresses, I just say there are three passing grades, A, B, and C. C would be your home, and we don't recommend that, but you can get approved, just lower limits. B would be a virtual office, a company like Regis or Alliance Virtual Offices. And then C or A would be a real commercial building, your building. What fails instantly is a UPS box, a PO box, your cousin Joey's grocery store that has a back office that you, you use. You can't use any of that. It's got to be a legitimate address. And so the database is extensive enough that when those of us that have small businesses that do have virtual offices use that address, they just already know. Yes. That's a virtual address. Right. What's great about it is in the 70s, that industry sued to be recognized as a real address and they won because they used to be recognized as a P.O. box. Well, they sued and they won and they are re recognized as an actual business address. So you can use that. What about um, a more shared suite type of addressing? That's a great question. You're talking about like a WeWork? Um, yeah, and I mean, it's not that, but yeah, that's yeah, where yeah. I get it. They're they're doing some more research on that. We're we're testing it. We have a series of companies set up at different stages, and we're testing that now because we're not sure. The problem with business credit is, remember, they're trying to stop fraud, so it's an ever moving target, right? They're constantly changing what they're looking for. So we have a whole team of researchers. That's all they do is verify what they're looking for. So that's a new one that's come up in the last 12 months. So that's, they're testing now. We think it's going to be fine, but we're, we don't want to confirm that yet until we know for sure. Okay. Well, that'll be interesting. Yeah. Um, and maybe the guy that I talked to on the phone that I'm scheduled with will, will be able to tell me what the report that you guys come up with shows. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. I hope you can do just like you can hear I was doing while we were conducting this interview and you are going to the website you're checking out the information get the information get to know and understand this process know where you are at this point and then have laid out in front of you the system for powerfully really taking advantage of using credit in your business the right way will you do that for me so that you have then the funding to be able to powerfully show up in this life as a thriving entrepreneur. We'll be right back. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business? Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. It's not for your ego. It is because it serves other people. Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance 
with the world. All you need to do is go to wehelpyouthrive.com, check us out, and find out how you can be a best-selling author today. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. We're going to jump right back into our fun, interesting, and, and informative conversation with Steve. Um, so yeah, it's it. Look, this is and we're just scratching the surface. And I was starting to mention like our YouTube channel. We give away four thousand. We have four thousand videos. We're teaching everybody the beginning steps because we want every business owner to get to the point where they have at least two or three trade lines reporting. So at least they have a score. At least something's showing up, and it doesn't look like they're going out of business. So if you're interested and you don't really have in your budget to work with anybody, uh, at least go there or go to our website, get that information, and start. There's no time like the present. As a matter of fact, look, a lot of people are stuck at home right now. Now's a great time to start doing this. Absolutely. Right? Um, and it will change the way you think. I don't think about buying anything on my personal credit ever. I'm always looking for a way for the business to buy it. Always. Okay, so you came from a real estate background. Let me take it to the big one. Um, can you buy a personal house with your business credit? No. Matter of fact, you, can, you can't buy any home with your business credit. And I own 300 of them. Uh, when I talk about business credit, uh, what I'm talking about is day-to-day -day operational type things. This is a, a classic example. When I was flipping these properties, uh, I would buy the property, I would use hard money, and they would escrow uh, X amount of dollars for construction. And once it was done, they would release that money to me, right? And then I would sell the property and take my profit. Well, I figured out if I can get credit with places like Home Depot and Lowe's and Visas and MasterCards, I can use that credit to rehab the property, take those escrows that I received once the property was refunded or was, was rehabbed and go buy three more properties. So I let these big box stores and Visa and MasterCard finance my business for me as I was growing it. So I, all the vehicles we had were in, in the business name, our gas cards, uh, all of our laptops we bought through either Apple or Dell. I mean, it's just, the list goes on and on, but it's your day-to-day -day operational. What you're not going to be able to do is buy a property because they're going to want to have a lien on that property. And it's very difficult to put a lien on a property unless you, be, unless it's commercial building. I'm, I'm talking about individuals and you said my personal house, they will never lend you money in a company name for a personal house that you live in. Never happened. Cause you have certain rights as a homeowner. You'd have to waive those rights. Okay, that makes sense. Wow, that's we could, like I said, we could easily go on for like two hours talking about this. This is really interesting, <laughs> at least to me. I mean, I've gotten to the place with this call where I'm just like, you know, I hope the uh, the people listening are having a great time because I'm in a blast just learning this information. <laughs> you know, Steve, it's it really, and as much as I knew, I knew nothing when I got here. I would, every day on the way to work, I would listen to webinars that our CEO were doing just so I could learn more. I was like, the way you're feeling right now is the way I felt. Every day for three months, I'd listen to one hour webinars on the way to work. And I'd listen on the way home because I was like, wow, I didn't know that. I didn't know. It's, it's just amazing. It's a game changer. All right. So the good news is, is that even if you've done everything that Steve's told you wrong, you can start right now. And even if you've totally messed everything up, are we still looking at five to six months before a person could get credit 
with their company? Yeah. Well, no. What's going to happen when I say five to six months, it's not that at the end of five or six months, boom, you have credit. You're building it the entire time. So you're getting credit. We like to see people getting credit within two weeks. So the first part is we, we work out these fundability issues. We, we do a check with the Secretary of State and Dun & Bradstreet. I mean, typically when I have somebody on the phone, I'm going to pull up their, their state, Secretary of State website, check their company info, see what it shows up as, see what address it shows as, who the owner, all that. Then I'm going to go to DMB and pull up what they have. And if that doesn't match, I stop right there. I'm like, right now you have a problem. You're not getting any further. Uh, but we have 200 of those items that we're checking. And our advisors are going to help our clients straighten that out. It doesn't take long, usually a week to two weeks at most. And then we're having you apply for credit immediately. And you're going to get credit that's boring. We, I don't know if you're familiar with the term, Steve, net 30 accounts. Oh, yes. Or net, net 30. Okay, good. Uh, for those that aren't, net 30 just basically means you get approved for credit. You buy a product from that company. They send you the product. They send you an invoice. You have 30 days to pay it. Well, for beginning business credit, that's really all you're going to get because you have no profile. So nobody's going to trust you with revolving. Once you pay them, though, they report and their payment experiences. Once they report, you have at least three of those reporting. You can move into store credit, and store credit actually gets fun. Now you're getting credit with stores. Think of any major store. Everything from, <laughs> I hate saying their name, JCPenney and Macy's because they may not be around, but um, you know, Home Depot, Lowe's, uh, Sam's Club, Walmart. Just think of a, a store, Amazon. You can get credit in the company name with, the, with those companies, and you can buy just about anything there. Then you're going to move on into fleet credit cards and vehicle financing if you need a vehicle for your business. And then you're going to move into the cash stuff, the visas and the MasterCards, et cetera. So, you know, it's a real quick summary, but that's how it goes. So it does spark an interesting question about when you start talking about vehicles. Um, there has to be a right and left sideline in that. I mean, is there – so if your business is from home – can you still own a company-owned car? Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. If you're using that vehicle for work and solely for work, I mean, be very careful. I'm not an, uh, uh, an accountant. I'm a tax attorney. But if you're using that, like, for example, my real estate business, uh, my pickup truck was strictly for work. That's all I used it for. So that truck was used for that. I had my own personal car. So there was no reason for that truck to be against my credit. Makes sense, right? It should be in the yes. company name. Okay. So why would I want to impact my personal credit score? Look, I'm a big believer in your personal credit score. I only believe in using it to leverage it to make money, right? So maybe buying an investment property or buying a business. I'll use my personal credit for that. But for everything else, it's business. Okay. So not buying a vehicle in your name, buying in the company name is protecting your personal credit. Because as we all know, the more utilization you have, the lower your score goes, right? Well, business credit doesn't operate that way. You can max out every single business credit card you have. It doesn't affect your score. Interesting. Mm -hmm. There yeah. are so many nuances to this. I understand now why you're listening to uh... Hours upon hours of video. <laughs> and, and I, you know what, Steve? I feel like I know nothing. <laughs> it was amazing. I was concerned when I first started working. I said, look, I don't feel like I know enough. They said, look, when you start talking to people, they're going to think you're a genius because there are that many nuances. And even the basics, very few people know. Now, I'm a little beyond that at this point, obviously. But uh, it's, 
it's exciting because it changes every day, every day. And we have a CEO and COO, they're you know, partners that are just amazing. They get it. And they share their information with us freely. freely. As a matter of fact, it frustrates me. We share so much information freely that I actually get calls from customers saying, well, you've given me this much for free. Why can't I have the rest? Because <laughs> <laughs> no, then we wouldn't be here to give you the free information tomorrow. <laughs> All right. So one last question for you, um, because of the current, you know, for anybody that's listening live, the current stuff that's going on, there's a lot of talk about financing coming to companies um, and a lot of talk about SBA loans. It's always been said to me, and maybe this is a lie, <laughs> but it's always been said to me that SBA loans are kind of the hardest loan you can get for your company. Is that true? And is that still true with some of the things that are happening? Currently? Well, that's a great question. And that's exactly how I felt about SBA loans. But it turns out they're not hard to get. Just people don't understand what they need to look like to get them. So everybody worries about And here's the way I like to put it. We have a wheel called a fundability wheel. And you'll picture a wheel. And on the right side of the wheel is your personal credit and your personal tax returns and whatnot. And as you go around the wheel, it's mostly business. So they get to the business tax returns and cash flow, and then they get to the business credit section and there's nothing there. So now three quarters or, or call it almost half of the wheel is empty. So what does the SBA have to have their hang on? They have to look at you personally. They have to dive deeper into you personally. Now they're really looking at your situation. But if you have a strong business credit profile, now they got a complete picture. It's a lot easier to approve you. I gave you that example earlier. Now, let's talk about what's happening today. The SBA has expanded the money that's available, but they did not change the parameters. In other words, you still need X credit score. You still need two years tax returns. You still have to supply them a list of current debt. They still want to see projections for the next two years. So what... I'm a little frustrated that people are calling us saying, hey, I want some of that free money. Well, it's not free money. They just expanded the amount of funding that's available. They didn't lower the parameters. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, I know that's a little disappointing to hear, um, no. but, but, but nothing has changed. You still have to have a legitimate business. You still have to have a good credit score. Uh, you still have to have cash flow, and you still have to be able to project what your cash flow is going to be, and you have to make sure that the company can handle the debt servicing for obvious reasons. They're just expanding it. So if you went to your local bank and they typically did two or three SBA loans a year, maybe they'll do 10 this year. Maybe they'll do 20 because there's more available. That's really what it boils down to. So we've given people a lot of information. Let's try to uh, make it simple for a person who's totally overwhelmed at this point. What is the first step that a person can do to really start utilizing their business credit instead of their personal credit? What I would suggest, and this isn't sales, I would suggest you go to creditsuite.com. Get the free four-step business credit building guide. It's the basic, it gets you started. It's right on the homepage. Put your first name and your email address and get your free guide. That's the first thing I would do because trying to remember all this information is very difficult. <laughs> it's almost impossible. I forget it. I do webinars and I forget a lot of things that I want to talk about because there's so much. Get the four-step business credit building guide. That's going to get you out of the gate the right way. Steve, I really appreciate the time you spent with us. I know we went a little longer than some of the segments do, but thanks for pouring so much great information into us. 
Oh, Steve, it was my pleasure. I had a great time. I really appreciate you having me on. I hope to be able to be invited back again. And that's just scratching the surface. Imagine what point you'll be at when you get to the point where you've taken the course, you've learned how to be able to really truly develop for yourself business credit, the ability for when you need it, your company to get credit. You know, the truth of the matter is, whether you're talking about SBA loans or you're talking about other lenders, until you have yourself set up for success in this, you'll never really get the money that you need. And the things that are and aren't happening in your personal life will always be something that impacts you. And at the end of the day, access to funds, good people with more money do more good in the world. And sometimes we all know, sometimes it just takes a little bit of funding to be able to get the big thing we need to do out into the world and help us live as thriving entrepreneurs. We're going to take our last commercial break and then we'll be right back here on Thriving Entrepreneur. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business? Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. It's not for your ego. It is because it serves other people. Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to wehelp.com youthrive.com check us out and find out how you can be a best-selling author today welcome back to thriving entrepreneur this is steve welcome back all right so we've reached once again here on thriving entrepreneur the what did you learn dorothy moment for the show i hope that you removed all the judgment from your credit rating from yourself and you were able to just really take in the information, understand how to powerfully and dynamically, or at least understand where to go to if you don't understand the exact hows, to powerfully and dynamically be able to get and use credit that's available for your company and to really help your company go to that next level so that you thrive in all that you do. You're doing such incredible, amazing, and important things in the world that it's important often that you have the money when you need it. And, um, you know, I am not a big proponent of just going out and borrowing tons of money. I've unfortunately done it in times past, and I can tell you that it isn't really that great. Mocha doesn't like it either, you can tell, right? Um, but I can tell you that um, you know, there are times when just a little bit of funding will go a long, long ways in the growth and development of your business. And to be able to be in a place where you can do that powerfully is always effective and important. So I hope you took a lot of great notes 
that you've got the content information to be able to contact Steve and his staff and that you will really take this to the next level to make the difference that you are going to make. Not just that you can, but the difference that you will make because I know that you are uniquely brilliant. You were created for a purpose and the world needs you. What you need now is for yourself to be empowered to share your message with the world. Maybe it's in your book. Maybe it's in a speech. Maybe it's a TED Talk. Maybe it is coaching somebody. Or maybe, maybe it's just giving somebody you see a smile. On whatever level it is that you thrive today, do it. Do it deeply with all of the passion in you. Maximize today to allow the best you to be out there into the world, to live and thrive in all that you do. I hope to hear stories. You can always post on any of your social medias, hashtag Thriving Entrepreneur. I do searches for it and I love hearing about them. Even the times when time doesn't allow me to comment, I love seeing what's going on for you in the world and all the amazing things that you're doing to help the world. Thank you in advance on behalf of those that you help for doing that thing that you do and sharing it with us so that we can celebrate you too. If you know you have a story, you've heard the commercial breaks, you maybe even heard them so much that you're kind of like, Wah, wah, there goes Steve again with his commercial break. I'm actually having them redone with a different voice other than mine just to break it up for you a little bit. But I want you to know, number one, clarity is powerful. I want to help you be clear. Even if what you're clear on is, hey, you know what? I'm not going to do my project with you. Great. That's awesome. I would much rather see you make a clear no than a confused yes. And I'm okay with that. Clarity is powerful. If you go to AskSteveKid.com, you can schedule a time on my schedule. We'll talk. We'll get you clear. We'll determine what is your next. What is the most powerful step you can make now? And hey, if you get your book done, I would love, I would be honored to be part of that process with you. And if it's not, that's okay too. And you'll have a clearly defined next. Remember today to do all that you can to maximize today and live every day of your life as a thriving entrepreneur. Until next time. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. If you want to get your question answered, send an email to questions at wehelpyouthrive.com. We look forward to you joining us again next time. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business? 
Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. It's not for your ego. It is because it serves other people. Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to wehelpyouthrive.com, check us out, and find out how you can be a best-selling author today. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.